Good morning, and welcome to Being the Change Now. Good morning, Shay. Good morning, Ashwini. Our assignment. This week, we practice seeing the way light seeds. We practice being Tangdan, the awareness that is aware of the Buddha nature of all things. Notice how this perspective reflects all without judgment, how a perception of oneness gives rise to respect, tolerance of differences, even reverence. Notice how inclusion is a given if all is inherently the same thing. Notice acceptance is a function of life seeing itself as it is. If it is challenging to see the Buddha in other human beings, begin by noticing the myriad examples of Buddha nature in nature and follow the projection home. Notice in contrast ego's rigidity of perception, its eagerness to condemn, blame, exclude. Notice how its limited morality only serves to reinforce ignorance of the Buddha nature of ourselves and all beings. As always, RL. All right, here's our first caller. You are now live on the air. Would you please introduce yourself? Hi, this is Janice in Victoria, and um, I'm standing outside enjoying uh, the Buddha nature of the garden. All right, Buddha nature to Buddha nature. <laughs> yes. Um, what I what I've been seeing, I went through another eye surgery, so now one oh. eye can kind of see in the distance and clear, but I can also see the underlying. <clears throat> what I'll be living with, but that's okay. It's, I can recognize some birds in the distance, and I was just so delighted. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I can, I, I'm seeing, yeah, I'm just, well, I'm just standing and looking at light filtering through maple leaves that are changing color that I really couldn't see before. I could just see through orange jello. <laughs> uh-huh. Yeah. And so the, the uh, delight of focusing on what is rather than what isn't. Yes. Yes. And I noticed, too, that um, how much my brain has adapted um, with what is. Like, for example, the other eye, what what it is is like looking through orange jello. Um, And... I didn't see details of what, you know, ego might say are flaws and things because there was this beautiful sort of soft <laughs> focus of shapes. Oh, I'm so with you, Janice. It, it, the, 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 the benefits of not seeing quite as well, oh, they far outweigh the negatives. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, so that, and then I thought, look, I'm going to, when this eye gets, clearer um i'm going to bring that forward i'm going to i'm going to um remember that softness like there doesn't have to be all that judging about all those little details it's just all form and shape (laughs) color yeah 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 well and the for me the reason that i was uh chuckling over it is um the amount of um of uh uh, influence conditioning can get with something like uh, seeing uh, that things aren't as clean. You know, the mm-hmm. floor isn't quite as clean as it should yeah. be. You know, a lot of life can be wasted. 
on on worrying about those little things because if it were just the floor, that would be one thing. But I don't know about you, but uh, a voice in in my head would always be willing to comment on the relative cleanness of everything, and that's just mm-hmm. clean is just one standard, right, uh, for judgment. So yeah, um, yeah. Yeah, yeah, just one uh, one standard. Yeah, yeah, yeah. and then then yeah. I get to see all. Yeah, I see all the standards, and what I'm seeing is that one eye sees the distance, and the other eye still, even though it's it's orange jello, it can actually read when I hold, say, the phone really close to my, that eye. It's like using that eye as a magnifying glass, and I know I mm-hmm. have six weeks to enjoy that before that changes too and I might need readers. So so I'm just sort of like, okay, this is the way it is. I have to walk more slowly because my depth perception's off again. And then you know that's and that's and, not wrong it, either. That's <laughs> right. That's actually not a problem either. Yeah. yeah. Except again to voices in the head that like to find a problem with everything. Yeah, so I'm just uh mm-hmm. wow, thanks. <laughs> Yeah, thank yep. you, Janice. Yeah. Glad for the glad for the good news about the eye too. Yeah, that's fabulous. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yes, thank All you. All right, thank you. Take good care. <laughs> bye bye. Go happy. Go Thanks, happy. Sarah. Yeah, Sherry, what was dropping in for me in that conversation was the the something that we say around why we want to meditate with our eyes open and in soft focus. Because there's so much of attention that is uh, that is associated with sight. It's it, that the way we register and judge the world, it's because so much of conditioned mind gets information from the eyesight. And I'd never seen yeah. it that way before, that, uh, that being able to, to dissociate those two gives us mm-hmm. a way to see the world that is so different. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so much broader. There's there's so much uh, more. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Well, and then you know the the standards are what prevent us from uh, from actually seeing the world the way it is. It is a lens, mm-hmm. right? The sight. Mm-hmm. I mean, the whole exercise is about seeing the way life sees life rather than the way ego sees life, and mm-hmm. to to realize that that uh, a shift in uh, in faculty can also shift the, 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 the way we see. And if there are no standards, then we see what we see, not how it should be. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And we get to question that in the same way we question that, well, now what is good exactly? And what is mm-hmm. moral exactly? And what is right mm-hmm. exactly? Um, you know, <laughs> what is And what is shape? And, and mm-hmm. what is detail? And what is yeah. clean? And all of it, yeah. Yeah. And um, who said I don't so? know. Yes, and I don't know if it's my software or it's uh, how people are uh, accessing the queue. But I would invite you to put yourself in the queue if you're not in the queue, because as far as I can see, only Janice was in the queue. Oh, well, we just keep talking to Janice, I guess. But it, I, I think there might be something, something amiss. going on. Okay. Yeah. All right. Okay. Everybody just showed up. So thank you very much. Oh, excellent. <laughs> All right. Go Sangha. <laughs> Go Sangha. All right.
Okay, here's our next caller. You are now live on the air. Would you please introduce yourself? Hi, this is Jennifer. Hey, Jennifer. Hi. Um, I'm seeing um, there's a lot of uh, stuff going on with my parents who are very elderly now, and um, they they tend to lash out periodically anyway. Um, and so watching watching my mom in particular, who is sending angry emails to me and her grandchildren and and I'm I, I'm seeing her well I'm just I just keep coming back to the sadness and then I see her wanting love I see her having very few tools to connect with other humans in this life and um, I I just keep coming back to how sad that is and I don't and then I don't really have any action for it so Jennifer I, I, I project and if this is a reframe that resonates right there's a way in which uh, you're able to be in compassion and not take the, uh, the behavior personally so this person right. you can perceive has no love I mean or is not mm-hmm. wants love but mm-hmm. is not coming from that place so there's an identification that behaves that way and creates I mean, and is actually uh, creating exactly the opposite of what it what she really needs and wants, or what would be mm-hmm. most helpful for her. And so mm-hmm. I project that the uh, the action there is really to be that for her, even if what she's identified with it doesn't uh, easily elicit that. If I get identified, right? That right. I the hear you. The action within quotes is the ability to stay disidentified and stay in love and be that love right. regardless of the other person because you see so clearly from that place of compassion that the, the, the behavior is so a result of lack of connection to that love in her. Exactly. And I, that's exactly how I'm, you know... I, I'm in that headspace, or I'm in that, I'm in that space of compassion with her, um, and I, I. So I'm definitely out of the whole. Well, I'm not gonna if she doesn't apologize. It's, it's, not, it's none of that. It's 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 just it's so it's so hard to. I feel like at this point, if I even respond to these, I mean, they're they're. <laughs> They're so bad. My daughter's a scriptwriter, and she's like, if I put this in a script, no one would believe that someone behaves this way, someone who actually seems to be normal to the rest of the world. And I, I, so I struggle with that when I, if I were to answer one of these angry texts that will evolve if she doesn't get any input. I mean, I wouldn't respond to her vitriol. I would, it, if there's one thing that's just like innocuous or just matter of fact, I'll be like, oh, yeah, I'll... I'll let the realtors in if they own this property. And so I'll respond to that. But as far as crossing over into like you sound, I tried to reflect, you know, when it was on a phone call and then I stopped taking her phone calls and because it was like when I tried to reflect, she just screamed more and more. And, and, and it's just, so I'm, I'm in that place of like, well, can I just be in compassion with her while I'm sad, wait for her to 
kind of spend yourself a bit and then, you know, it's like you don't pick a toddler up when they're in the middle of a screaming fit, you know, you, you give them the space and you even maybe turn away a little, it depends on what the fit is, but so I'm just, I'm not struggling that much, but I feel so sad for her that I want to reach out and then I, then I get kind of stuck there. Yeah. Well, and there's wisdom in that, in that stillness, right? That there's mm-hmm. a way in which to stay in your experience, the life, life drops in a way to respond, right? Mm-hmm. So it, 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 the be, if your best approach is to be that love and be that compassion and what life says is perhaps don't respond or this is something that you can respond to or there's intuition that comes from experience that an engagement would only further the ego position, then we, we wait not to make a rule out of it, but just, right. you know, just let, right. the, let it settle and mm-hmm. then see where to come from, right? Because conditioning actually mm-hmm. just uh, would drive us into an engagement when it's, when it's not going to go well and right. not allow us to be responsive when it might be appropriate if we're listening to conditioned mind. But if I, my attention is not there and if you're in the moment and experiencing that place of compassion for yourself for, and for her, there's a way that a response might arise. Love might have an answer that mm-hmm. a duality might not. And so to trust the wisdom of listening to the still small voice and the way it guides that interaction from love, and, and, and if we don't, within quotes, trust ourselves <laughs> to be in the mm-hmm. interaction, perhaps, um, you know, just wait as you are waiting to see how that arises. And it's so interesting, um, right, Jennifer, about the, the comment that your daughter made about the script. It's an, it's an interesting way of redefining the story because mm-hmm. if you looked at it from the script, the right person is really, uh, you know, the time done is, is drinking and uh, not <laughs> following the precepts. And you could right. say that he's such an unconventional human being but it's coming from that place of wisdom. It really mm-hmm. requires an ultimate perspective to hold everything is as is, everything is authentic, and we're not necessarily required to support ego behavior in us or in anyone else. Mm-hmm. That's a really and interesting point. Uh, that's really, it's my daughter, and so she's involved with all this, and she, she's able to take that big step back and say, how is this in the story? And I really never thought of extrapolating from that, oh, this is holding this, you know, this is, this is really just holding this as it is. And, you know, I, I feel pretty strong in that when the, I've done a little recording and listening, but when I listen to the mentor saying, you know, that, that's my best friend saying, you know, I love you, you know, you, you're doing great. And then that really kind of makes that space for if they're, when there comes a time when I, I, I might be able to interact with my mother and, and, and uh, coming from love. Yeah, that's, that's really good. Yeah. <sighs> we just want to yeah. take ego out, save this person, mm-hmm. and from that space be, able, be available to assist if we're called to assist and not feel like the relationship that is conditioned by ego as a, as, as, in how we have to be together mm-hmm. within quotes because we are related is the way to be right right I actually I took the exercise I, I think it's the current one I'm a little lost but um I really just 
I saw a picture of her on their deck with the trees behind, and I just started in my mind drawing a picture from the tree to the deck wood to her foot <laughs> up to her body. And I just was like, oh, you know, that really helped me. Um, remember, first of all, these things are not permanent. Um, these, these ego behaviors are not permanent, and I certainly don't have to stay in the dualities of all of them. So, yeah, yeah this is yeah. very helpful. Yeah. Thank you so much. Thanks, Jennifer. Thank you. And in the midst of all of this, we never want to lose sight of bodhisattvas. Mm-hmm. I sometimes yeah. think, uh, I speculate, I, I have no knowledge of this uh, at all, but I speculate that um, many bodhisattvas appear as relatives because <laughs> there is so much conditioning that you can't get rid of relatives. Yeah. You know, if it's a yeah. friend who's acting that way, most people would say, oh, well, just, you know, cut off the friendship. But if it's your mother, (laughs) that makes it a little trickier for most people. It's not that it's not impossible, but it it makes it tricky. And so what a perfect um, outfit for a bodhisattva to be wearing uh, and to uh, assist us to go past all of our notions of how things have to be and what love is and what we can do and what is unconditional and what is ego and all of those things that it's easy. Uh, you know, it's the, you know, the teacher who was doing everything right wasn't it, it didn't have to question himself. And that, as spiritual people, that's the trap we fall into. It's not the chap over there uh, with absolutely no investment in what anybody else is doing. It's not, you know, it's not that he was devoted to not being a good person or uh, he thought drinking was the most important thing to be doing. We don't even know, uh, we don't even know about his drinking habits, right? But <laughs> yeah. we do know that it set that guy off into a tizzy. And so how helpful is that? Yeah, absolutely. The wisdom of no Say it again. The wisdom of no escape. Right, right, yes, yeah. And, you know, again, as spiritual people, the point is for us to be how we see things need to be. (laughs) Not not to worry about how other people are, uh, you know, yeah. Yeah. All right, here's our next caller. You are now live on the air. Would you please introduce yourself? Hi, this is Tom from San Jose. Hey, Tom. What's going on? Oh, boy. I thought this was a fantastic (laughs) uh, assignment. And just for the reasons that you just stated, you know, it was my reaction when I first was reading it into my recorder because I don't read it until I read it right into the recorder for the first time. And uh-huh. Uh-huh. my reaction to hearing about the, uh, the, the, the master who, uh, you know, followed all the precepts was like, oh, that's fantastic. And then the other guy comes in, he's the evil one, you know, oh my gosh, he says he knows these things, but he's a terrible person. And so all of that stuff I felt going on inside me. And, um, and then the ending, just bringing it all together and the, the discussion piece of seeing the Buddha nature of everything 
And just the part about if everything is the same, then inclusion is just assumed. Uh, that's not the words, but, you know, uh, right. was just but so eye-opening But we can see that it just is. Yeah. Yes. We can see that it just is. And it takes an, a dualistic ego mind to separate things that aren't separate. Yes. Right? And then, of course, we see with ego that separating isn't enough. It has to parse. Right? And so just, <laughs> right? just littler and littler and littler and littler and littler and littler until it's just focused all the time on, well, yeah, but that's wrong. Uh-huh. Okay, all right. Maybe that's okay, but that's wrong. I mean, he shouldn't have... Yeah, okay, he's an okay person, but he... Yeah? And uh, yes. watching that process in us, I think, is his greatest gift to Zen. I agree. I agree because, you know, and, and I think it was amazing what was, you know, what you were just talking about with respect to family members because, oh, boy, can they be hard. You know, um, going through a situation right now where um, I'm kind of on the outside and my mother is uh, asking my sister to, um, to, you know, support her more. You know, it's asking her for more support. My sister happens to be a therapist. And so my mother is saying, well, if you're a therapist, you should be able to support me in my depression, in my anxiety, you know, all these kinds of things. And my sister doesn't do spiritual practice at all. But, uh, but um, you know, she's very having a hard reaction to this. And I'm sitting on the outside hearing from my mother how bad my sister is, hearing from my sister how difficult it is to deal with my mother. And um, then what's in this for me? You know, what's in this for me? You want to raise me? your hand and go, what, hey, what about me? What do you think? It's like you just, have, you just have one person. I have two people, okay? I have two people. <laughs> yes, yes. They'll feel some and sympathy so, but, for you. That's right. Doesn't anybody feel bad for me? So, <laughs> you know, but what, was, what you just said about, you know, family members being that, you know, I've come to the to peace with the idea that I can't save my mother, I can't save my sister, I can't save my father. That is not my job on this earth. Mm -hmm. However, Mm -hmm. I can learn many things from them because like you said, there is a relationship there. And I have gone through years where I've decided not to speak to my mother because I I didn't like who I was when I would speak to her. And so I mm-hmm. took time off from speaking to her. And then I went and, and I wasn't sure if I would ever go back. But I, mm-hmm. I made a conscious decision to go back and, and go back to having a, an active relationship with her because there is a connection there that I, oh, I yeah. don't want to deny. I don't want to turn away yeah. from. I just want to have yeah. a different way of approaching it. That's right. Here's what I'm projecting you're saying, Tom. You want to be complete with this relationship. And if you walk away from it, you know you're going to have to face this, uh, these things in yourself somewhere. Might as well face them yes. here. Which is very different from, well, she's my mother, and so I owe... We're not talking about mm-hmm. that. We're talking exactly as you said. I don't like myself when I am with this woman. That does make her a bodhisattva, right? My opportunity in this lifetime 
is to learn to like myself because the way I am with her is centered and present and non-judgmental and the way I would be with one of my children that I love or my best friend or whomever else. It's all the same. Right? That's, mm-hmm. that's the opportunity that we have. Yes, so much. And just that concept of we're all the same makes all the difference. And that's why... Everybody's equal to their life. Oh, yes. Yes, absolutely. Mm-hmm. Um, and that, that just gives me the ability to be present to it in a way that is, that is supportive of me, you know, not necessarily yes. supportive of anyone else, but I can be me in the situation. What? That's I right. mean, that's a gift that's to myself. I mean, it's a gift oh, to the it's world. Huge. I mean, it's a gift to myself. It's huge. You can write her a thank you note. Oh, my God. <laughs> what you have helped me see. <laughs> yes. What a wonderful mother yes. you are. What a gift you have been to me. Yeah. Yeah. There you are. Uh, because yes. it's true. When we get to that place of, no, that is really true, then you're free. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, and, and that, we are grateful. Uh, showing gratitude for that is huge. Yeah, yeah, it's not a sarcastic gratitude at all. It's, it's mm-hmm. being grateful for every single difficulty that has ever come along. Because without that difficulty, I wouldn't have encountered and transcended that, and I would have remained in suffering. So thank mm-hmm. you for that. Yeah, mm-hmm. it's harder when we're in the middle of it. It's really easy, of course, when we get to the other side, right? Uh, yes, but it, knowing it what knowing what it is is everything, isn't it? it this is a workshop. Yeah. I'm in a workshop. There's nothing wrong with this. Mm-hmm. I'm in a workshop. And Tom, the other beautiful thing about it is, I signed up for this workshop because you could have walked That's off right. from that relationship, but you chose not to. That's right. Yeah. That's right. And I remember when I made that decision to break off communication, uh, I, 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 you know, even, even before I made the decision, when I even thought about the possibility of doing that, just the idea was, oh, my God, how could you possibly do something like that? But yeah, then following yeah, through awesome. with it and getting to the place where I'm at, it was a ticket out of that suffering. And what a blessing. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. And a blessing for her. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, it really is. I mean, it takes a distance to realize that, but you know, it it it. She doesn't have to do any worse <laughs> than she's already doing, right? She doesn't have to up her game because of how you are being with her, and so that really is a gift. Yeah. yeah. All right. Thank you so much, Tom. All right. Thank you. Gosho. Gosho. Thanks, Tom. So we have time to squeeze in one caller, so I'm going to go. All right. There we go. Next All right. Caller, yes, please. You're now live on the air. Would you please introduce yourself? Hi, Ashwini and Sherry. It's Jan in uh, the Bay Area. <laughs> Hi. Well, I'm just <laughs> I'm loving the, all the conversations. My experience has been um, predominantly seeing bodhisattvas everywhere. Uh, <laughs> in that, yeah. I mean, it can be anything, anyone, not anyone but individuals as well as just things that are going on. In meditation, one of these last couple days, there was a noise outside, and I found it really irritating. Conditioning found it really irritating. And I caught that, and I saw that for what it was, 
because of the practice of <laughs> everything is the Buddha. That sound, everything is the Buddha. So it's just been wonderful to see <laughs> individuals that might, I might come up against, you know, have judgment or conditioning does, sounds, things I see, like cleanliness was mentioned. It can be anything. And what that brings me to is the bodhisattva gift, but also that everything is one. It just it keeps bringing me back to that, too. Mm-hmm. Yes, so that's so beautiful, uh, beautifully said, Jan. Everything is the Buddha because every anything that is the and it's a bodhisattva. With a slight distinction there, right? I, I mean, we're referring to bodhisattvas because they are in our lives in order to reflect for us where we're not free. That's yeah. the gift that we're grateful for because I'm not in the unconditional if I am against life or excluding life in some way. So if a sound is irritating to me, then that, that is a signal that I'm in a place which is not all-inclusive, and therefore I'm grateful mm-hmm. to the sound to assist me to bring me back to the place where the sound is also the Buddha. Yes. Yes, and thank and, you and for... And it's so just not object. With, go ahead. Well, no, just that what, what you said made me realize, just that distinction of the bodhisattva, if I'm looking for the Buddha in everything, in myself, in everything, then it's those things that I come up against, those bodhisattvas that point out to me where the resistance is, where the, where the blocks are, where the, where the workshops are. Yeah. Yes. And, when, and actually, they also reflect when I'm not looking from that place of everything is the Buddha. Because if I was, I'm likely to think everything is, is the Buddha, right? It's, it's such a signal to, it's not that the uh, sound is not the Buddha. It's not object-oriented, but it's a reflection uh, of where the attention is in me. Yes, of where I am. Where, <laughs> um, well, not I, but anyway, yes, where the, 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 the attitude of mind of where the focus is. Mm-hmm. Yes, it's just, mm-hmm. it's been a tremendous practice. So thank you so much. Thank you, Jen. And that brings us thank to you, Ashwini. Yeah, thank you, Ashwini. And um, thank you, everybody, huh? Yes. So happy. Thank you all. I guess we could say all. Undifferentiated, <laughs> all one, all. We can Yeah, and I all. would do the, uh, the reminder again, Jerry, and an invitation to everyone who's on the show to put themselves in the queue if they don't have a practice of doing that. We'd love to hear from yes. everybody. Yes, to hear from everybody, and please just say your name and where you're from. It's really, uh, it's really a, a help uh, to yeah. us um, when when people do that. So we appreciate it. Yes, it's so important to hear from everybody. So thank you, everybody. Thank you. Go happy. All right. <laughs> Go happy.